2: Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. And a good morning to all of you and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber along with Jim Kramer. Carl has the morning off today. Let's give you a look at futures as we get ready to wrap up the trading week. You can see we are headed for what appears to be a slightly, if not substantially higher, open. We'll be keeping a close eye, though, given the volatility of late uh, in the session and even prior to the session. Uh, Jim, uh, it's been an interesting week, to say the, le- uh, the least, after a bit of a rebound the other day when I was on with you. Yesterday, I was not here for what was a decline overall in all the markets.
3: Well, you know what, David? I, I think that we're in a new era of volatility. I- I- every single time we get a-, a an up opening, people say, OK, well, I guess that sell-off's over. And when we get the pronounced sell-off, people say, you know what, this sell-off is going to go on for, for ages. I urge people to step back and just recognize, you know what, we're in a period where there's uh, a lot of vacuum, uh, a lot of people trying to buy when it's going up, a lot of people trying to sell when it's going down, and just interpret that as just being enthusiasm, greed, and then fear uh, and accept it that it's here to stay because it's really the undercurrent be- behind these moves.
2: Okay. And what does that mean in terms of this so-called playbook that you often offer uh, people who listen to what you have to say?
3: Sure. It means that if you think that it is going to bounce today, because it was down hard yesterday, uh, don't make the first move. Uh, wait to see whether the people who are smart enough to buy at the uh, bottom yesterday flip the stock. If they flip the stock, particularly on a Friday, you might get a better price. I feel like the news itself, if people, if people care, very positive. I mean, Kroger was amazing. We had a good interview with Peloton. Uh, Oracle was really good. No one's talking about it. They should be because it was an exceptional quarter. So you've got the backdrop of good earnings, uh, backdrop of uh, OK macro. But what I, I am most concerned about is just people, Just these I, I know well, I'm going to call them newbies, uh, not having any experience with the market going down. And as it, they are accelerants on the way down instead of picking at things that might be attractive. So that does change the coloration of this market. David Costin out with an incredible note, by the way, David, about how if you yeah. think that you're diversified and you're diversified when you're not because of this concentration. A really thoughtful note, got it at 1030, about 10 o'clock last night in second quarter of the game. And it is very, very thoughtful because, and you know, he's a thoughtful analyst at Goldman. Because we really are lacking in diversification. We've got two markets. We have tech and we have everything else. And tech is too big versus everything else.
2: It is shocking sometimes. And it's a point we've made many times over these last few months as well, just in terms of the lack of diversification, even in the S&P 500, Jim. And I know many of the people we have on air have also made the same point of so many of the stocks that have been down and down substantially, and yet you look at the index because it is so heavily weighted towards five or six enormously capitalized names, and it's moved a lot higher, or a decent amount higher, not a lot higher, not like the NASDAQ.
3: Well, we've got to find out. we got a fulcrum moment here, David. We've got Jamie Diamond saying, come back to work. Will it work? I had Encino. Now, this is a little company, maybe people don't know, but it makes uh, banking software uh, for the cloud. And they're saying, you know what? They may think that Jamie Dimon has the sway here, but Jamie's giving you that, obs- the, uh, that little but could be end up being big hole that if you're uh, with your kids or if you're a part of a protected class, you don't have to come. But what I think has happened is David's not going to go back that way. Yes, there is. there are training people who have to come in. But when you see the software that people have to work at home, when you see the productivity, when you see how little time is spent versus an hour and a half on a, on the tube going to Canary Wharf, you know that as much as Jamie may want people back, uh, work at home is the driver of tech, and it's not going away.
2: No, it's not. Uh, you're referring, of course, to uh, the story in the journal, and we can confirm that as well. But, you know, when you're on a trading floor, when you still gain a benefit from knowing what your colleagues know in a real-time way by yelling at them uh, or being able to walk over them. There is a benefit to that, Jim. And by the way, there is a benefit to being in person with your colleagues generally, particularly if you are somebody who is younger, trying to get acculturated at a particular company or corporation, uh, and trying to get ahead. I mean, I think you know we haven't accounted for all those things, although as we've said many times, there is going to be a percentage long after this That chooses to stay home and the bosses are not going to have a problem with that.
3: Well, you're right. Look, I was a teacher at Goldman. I would teach on Friday night. I particularly like to teach from uh, Friday night from 8 to 11 p.m. and then gave a quiz at the end of 11 and, of course, published the names of the people who finished bottom five on Monday because that was the way I like to handle things. That was pre-Jimmy Chill. But there's no way you can know anybody in your team (laughs) unless you're there. And by doing it in Zoom, you can hide behind Zoom, David. It's incredible. I'm not saying supposed yeah. to Zoom, like you're yeah. a little box on the right, and you can be, at the same time, I mean, you can be reading the sports pages. Uh, so I, I agree with you. It's important to come back. But David, the subway, they just discovered the concept of the mask. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of people who are readjusting their lives. Do you think Michael Corbett resigned yesterday solely because it was the day to name Ms. Frazier the CEO? I think there's a lot of soul searching going on. We're not supposed to be soul searchers. He 60 years old, Mike. Uh, I think people, uh, Kelly Kramer, the fabulous CFO at Cisco, leaving. Why? Well, it's time. David, they're soul searching from, from people who we thought were soulless. And that and they're not. And what that also means is no one wants to die getting to work. And I, I look, I love the idea that we've suppressed numbers. But how many times do I have to hear cold and flu season? I don't want to get in the subway cold and flu season to get back to work.
2: Uh, which may mean that we're not going to be at the New York Stock Exchange for some time uh, Jim, Unless That's where I'm we going figure out a different way to get there. Yeah. Uh, although we can, I think, imagine all being together fairly soon in the studio, as you and I have been, of course, and will be uh, more and more often in the days to come. I mean, it is a slow but potentially steady return, though, in some way. I, I you will know, we'll be curious to see what percentage of the workforce does really return when asked to. How many right. people say, well, I just don't feel comfortable with that. And how the companies respond over time, or are we just really going to all have to wait until there truly is a vaccine?
3: Well, look, I think we have an analog here. Look at Peloton. The numbers from Peloton are unbelievable. And the the CEO was on uh, earlier. I mean, when you look at it, he likes to uh, measure it by – he's got some very good metrics. He likes to measure it by uh, the, the number, of, pe- the number of, uh, of actual workouts, which is extraordinary. Uh, they, have the, they do have the flywheel going. Seven, uh, 76.8 million workouts, 333% year-over-year. Why do I mention Peloton? Because when people stay in their uh, home, they like this is what they yes. do. And, and, David, the gyms and the restaurants – they just may be things of the past. I mean, they don't work. Oh man, you a are really.
2: I mean, it's a. It is a hard enough day as it is, Jim, without having to listen to you tell me that restaurants may be a thing of the past.
3: Come well, on. I, I look at the P and L. Come on. They're David, not. I look at the P and L. They're I mean, not.
2: I know. I know. But the day is going to come when this is over, and people are going to want to eat out more than ever. In fact, I'm eating out all the time outdoors. So, uh, well, and hopefully there'll be Good nice big heaters and maybe we can keep going. Try to get heaters. But I, 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 I don't say that.
3: No, look, I... Did well, you? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I, my P&L is such that uh, I got to be Stan Druckenmiller or Dave Tepper. I mean, honestly. Now, of
2: course. I understand. It got to be incredibly frustrating to be the owner of one of these establishments. And it is a life-threatening, so to speak, situation for your business, including, I would assume, yours.
3: Yes. I mean, I don't want to ask people. I don't want to take people's temperature when they go in. I, I, I own a bar. You're not supposed to sit at the bar. Well, okay, what, what, what do I do? Um, hi. Um, I, have, I had 17 tables. Now I got uh, uh, f- uh, uh, three tables. Yeah, but my costs are the exact same. I mean, what kind of business is that? Yeah. Uh, a, and look, I, I have the luxury of making it so it's a labor of love. There are millions who don't have that. And those are the people who want this b- bill passed or want something from Washington. Right. And that's David Washington's a and bust. We,
2: We seem Yes, we seem to get closer and closer to nothing. The skinny offering uh, made by McConnell didn't even get out of the Senate. Uh, You know, it just I mean, here we are. It's weeks later. It's weeks now since we had Mnuchin on and Pelosi on that day. Remember, Jim? Uh, Obviously, you remember we were
3: together on that day and uh, uh, nowhere. I don't know. The chief of staff uh, seemed to, as he called himself, what he called the skunk at the party, he, he scuttled a deal. But I think yeah. that might look, look who knows who benefits from it. I don't like politics. I do like the idea that unemployment keep going down because that's the strength of what can happen. Uh, and I wait for David uh, yesterday while you're away. We had the, the convoluted story about AstraZeneca, which had been in pole position where, uh, in, in what I regarded as somewhat disgraceful uh, disclosure at a J.P. Morgan conference, that maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, maybe someone sick, maybe not. But, David, the vaccine, uh, I think when you find what happened, the recruitment, I bet, took a stunning decline when we heard about what was naturally going to be something that went wrong when you have hundreds of thousands of people trial it.
2: Yes. And but you've got to find out. We've got to find out whether or not that patient in particular was positive with covid and whether perhaps what 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 they had was caused by the virus, not by the vaccine or whether it was related to the spike protein, um, which would be included in many of the vaccines. There are a lot of questions there still, Jim, and certainly gave some people pause. But I do want to come back to I do want to come back to earnings and to the stay at home economy. And, you know, you were talking about Peloton. And then we kind of went off uh, off track for a moment or talked about some other things. But the CEO was on uh, Squawk Box earlier and talking specifically about the company's prospects post-COVID. And here's what he had to say. We believe what's happening here is a, is a secular move from uh, working out at a, at a different location into the home. When you have a choice of working out at home with fantastic instructors, with a very supportive community, with the incredible, incredible gamified and networked software um, and the best hardware now in the world. um, You know, why would you travel? So we think that post covid, this is still an incredible growth story. I I assume Zoom would tell you the same thing in a different realm, but similar.
3: Zoom, by the way, uh, integral to the exciting story last night in Oracle that we'll get to Planet Fitness down 22 percent. What does that tell you? Uh, And Planet Fitness is probably the one that's going to be a survivor. Most of these companies are very thinly capitalized, lots of mom-and-pop gyms. I also point out, David, stay at home. Kroger last night, uh, Kroger this morning reported a very good quarter. Now, it's not good enough because uh, they only did same same-store sales of plus 14%. Uh, When uh, Rodney McMillan comes on uh, later this morning, I think people are going to be quite excited about the Kroger story. Uh, Right now, not running enough. And there are always people who say, how could it not be? Oh, I'm sorry, he's coming on. Oh, because Sarah, Sarah has a close relationship with Rodney. That's fantastic. Sarah Eisen. But I, yes. I like, you know, we had Kroger yes. that was good. We had Oracle that was really good. We had Chewy that may not be good enough. We had Peloton that was in crazy that just I, I, I'm crazy about, even as I, my wife no longer has it as a clothes rack. Uh, and, and then we have good number, uh, good stories, uh, Domino's, good stories, uh, Chipotle. Uh, so if we are filled with uh, positive research and positive earnings today on a slow Friday that does uh, color things quite a bit. The, uh, the skunk in the party, to use uh, Meadow's term, uh, is, is uh, Nicola and we have to do more work on Nicola. Because um,
2: we can talk, we can we can talk a bit about that later. I, I, let's get to Oracle though, because I usually do have a good read on that. You know, it's a company that you've followed pretty closely, Jim. Uh, and it was it was a seemingly strong quarter. Software Cats, obviously, on the call saying any number of things, and Larry Ellison as well about their unique position in the cloud market, the only cloud vendor that competes in both the enterprise applications market, SaaS, and infrastructure as a service market as well. What's your take on the quarter, Jim? Look,
3: it was real good. I mean, they generate they just made a lot of money at 4.2 percent 4.2 billion operating income uh, up 8 percent. The margins David, 45 percent. That's up 300 basis points. Means tremendous tremendous money. The, the uh, Oracle Cloud. Let, let's talk about that. Uh, obviously Ellison's very proud of it, but he's talking about going up uh, and doing well against Amazon, Microsoft and Google. Uh, hardware was it was a positive this time. That was an exit data acquisition. License is up 8 Uh, Versus a consensus of an actual decline. Revenue acceleration to plus two. Uh, People were thinking that it might be down four. This is the congratulations quarter that many people uh, had been hoping uh, that Safra and Larry would deliver. I urge people to listen to it because you need to know what Ellison's like. Ellison's old school. He reminds me by the Frank Slootman, by the way, from Snowflake, old school. These guys want to win. And when they want to win, they have this Belichick feel to it. Yes, last night, beginning of football. I like the quarter, uh, and I think the stock can go higher. Maybe there's room for everybody. I've been saying that, the, that Oracle has been a donor, a shared donor yes. to Salesforce and SAP. I don't feel like that after last night.
2: You know, another interesting thing, just to just to note as well, Safra Katz was talking about sort of shareholder value in a broad sense and how much stock they bought back. I mean, they bought back 40% of this company's shares over the last 10 years. It's incredible. Spent what another 19.2 billion dollars to buy 361 million shares over the last 12 months. That's that's a heck of a cap shrink there. 40% over 10 years. I know some politicians may have a hard time with that. You do make you do wonder, Jim, whether that. I mean, I know they would say, listen, we got plenty of cash and we're using it to benefit shareholders. Is there other ways perhaps they could have put that to work to generate a higher growth rate? Or do you think their capital allocation has been superb?
3: I I don't know. I don't think so at all. I I look at the MuleSoft acquisition, uh, the Tableau acquisition that Salesforce did. I know people think they paid a lot, but look at Salesforce market cap. Of course, uh, Larry Ellison is close with Mark Benioff. Uh, And I just say, you know what? You you had to pay up in order to be able to grow. Uh, Salesforce is the is the modern day Oracle. Let's call it that, of course, because they're they're cloud native. And uh, look, uh, Salesforce is two hundred twenty five billion dollars started well after Oracle. And Oracle is with all for all that stock that they bought by. It's one hundred and seventy five billion. So, David, uh, I think that if you could grow to grow, uh, that's the way to do it. I know my, uh, every acquisition that, that Mark Benioff made, including some that he came on our show to talk about, has been ridiculed. But look at that. Look at the run that right. stock has had. And those acquisitions have been integral to building a suite of product that has made it so it's an unassailable choice with amazing numbers. I mean, Oracle's got these low sing, uh, single-digit growth numbers and mid-single-digit. You know, we're talking about double-digit, you know, 20s for 20s for Salesforce.
2: This is a market... To your point that rewards growth more than anything else, it's great to maybe shrink the number of shares outstanding and, you know, get your EPS up, but maybe better off just generating a higher top line, Jim, to your point. Um, You know what? As you well know, Jim, of course, it is a somber day. It's the 19th, hard to imagine, 19th anniversary of 9-11 today. And uh, it's a day of remembrance, of course, ceremonies underway here in New York at the Pentagon, as well as in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, this morning. When we return, the NYSE and the Nasdaq are both going to observe a moment of silence. Stay with us.
0: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. a leading global asset manager.
2: Both the New York Stock Exchange and the Nasdaq are about to observe a moment of silence to honor the victims, their families, and the survivors of the 9-11 attacks that occurred 19 years ago. Today, to more or less this very moment, uh, Jim, a moment and day that we will never forget, those of us, of course, who were there. Uh, So many different things you can think about. Sometimes, though, I always remember those 343 firefighters who were lost. Firefighters from all over New York City, everywhere, the furthest reaches of the city, rushing to get into a building that was burning and unfortunately would fall to the ground, both of them, Jim. Uh, Amazing, it's been 19 years. Uh, the recovery, of course, is something you've reported on very, very closely. Let's now take a moment to remember.
4: Gerard J. Kokomo. Joseph Albert Corbett. John. J. Corcoran III.
2: Welcome back. Domino's is on the menu for the Mad Dash. Jim.
3: David, when you have a stock that's up 32%, you better restart real, real, uh, let's say, evidence. If you're going to go from hold to buy right here, Callen has it. Uh, Callen's piece says that the now digital, 75% of 2020 sales are digital. Uh, That means you can do it by your cell phone. You can do it by uh, by your uh, Apple Watch. Here's what I think is important to put into context what I'm saying and what Mnuchin should be listening to, and what Pelosi should be listening to. They expect share gains from the 51% of the quick serve that is made up of regionals and independents. David, those companies do not have the ability to spend on technology. They are dinosaurs. Uh, Domino's is not. Domino's will crush them. In the same way that, that Wingstop is crushing companies, in the same way that Brinker turning into Wings is crushing companies, you can't compete with Domino's Pizza, even if you get because it's 9:26. I have to do it. Say a 9.2 from a uh, one bite, which uh, is of course another operation by the incredible David Portnoy. Yes, and, and you can't, and, and because you can't compete with tech. Domino's is a tech machine that sells pizza. And by the way, the pizza is much better and they got to get the wings better. They prompt Rich Allison promises because they are awful. But this is the problem with America right now when it comes to unemployment. Domino's, Chipotle, a uh, big number bump. They can spend on tech. The most that restaurants can spend on tech is bringing Square in. So let's watch it because uh, this is where unemployment hits. The rubber hits the road in the fact that Domino's is going to take look at that. A gigantic amount of share it's just happening so what's going to
2: be left on our city streets we won't have uh, we won't have our local pizza place nope. um we won't have any retailers nope. i guess we'll have amazon mini warehouses yes. taking over all the city blocks so they can deliver to us more quickly Chipotle. Uh, i mean digital eight digital eight everything
3: yeah well, uh, yes that's the the reason why Starbucks is going to do so well, they're going to take advantage of a lot of the uh, open spots and negotiate hard deals uh, with the real estate investment trust that unfortunately own way too much real estate. You missed a lot going on there uh, with Simon Properties in Brookfield. David, here's what I think happens. You've got to go back in time to when you and I were younger, where there were a couple of restaurants. I worked at the uh, uh, at the Block and Cleaver, which, of course, we called the uh, Block and Cleavage. And it was a terrible restaurant. Mr. Fox, I never really liked him. One time my father had a run with Mr. Fox. It was terrible because I was a dishwasher at 1 a.m. Never forgot that. And my father said, he's not a dishwasher, he's a busboy. But these were the places that managed, that will survive. Institutions. But you know what what happened yesterday, David? Century 21. 21. Where we first got our shirts. Where we first got our belts. Gone century 21 yep. an institution and that's what america has to be thinking about so what do we have to go i mean it was okay look i remember it was years ago they took out mo ginsburg but century 21 david that's what you did when know, you started work
2: by the way it was right near us at the exchange i would still stop by there looking for uh, looking for some bargains they had uh, good shoes yeah of course i, I once had a, uh, it was I think, but, I had a fight over shirt i think
3: i had a fight over a shirt there. a shirt and they gave, they gave me a 25 twenty five dollar gift uh, gift card when they heard about it, uh, but this is a very important thing because these are the companies that can't make it, a- and you can look at retail and say, "Century well, you know, One, a pretty good franchise," but that's an independent. It company. did,
2: but I, you know, every any time I was in there, you would notice how many people were tourists, and of course, we know what's going on in cities like New York, where well, there, there are goes. no tourists at all.
3: This is just a and tough that's time. A, that's and we it's, have a mayor, by a the way, who's anti-business and anti-police, and that's not exactly a, a good setup.
2: It's very difficult time for New York, uh, and uh, while we will come back, it's not going to be without a good deal of hardship between now and then. David, as we to take comment, a look, though,
3: not a lot of that, hardship
1: if you're... No, yeah. I have to
3: comment that Oracle what? is really, for the first time, Oracle's having a sustained move. It's going, look at that, it's an all-time high. This is much more of a bellwether to right. protect well, than people realize, okay?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, we looked at, at the real-time exchange there, of course, saw that it was almost all green, as we do get an open here. But to your point, Oracle up over 6%. And when we talked through some of it earlier, they were talking about the fact that a Zoom even has become, right, or Huge prospect customer. of becoming a much bigger customer. Yeah. No,
3: it was a great call, uh, I, you know, of course we have to salute the late Mark Herder. It did a great job, got a lot of customers. But Larry Ellison is so back. Uh, and he's ferocious as always, uh, competitive as always. I mentioned him. And I mentioned Slootman from Snowflake because these, these guys are throwbacks. You got a couple of Belichicks. And then most of the people are, are like, hey, you know, I mean, we'll go along, get along. But it is something. He, his company is driving a lot of the tech move today. And then uh, we see the financials up. That will last, what, David, Till what, 947?
2: Uh, yes. Usually that is a short-lived move that you refer to in the financials. Um, by the way, I think your buddy Slootman's going to be a billionaire. So is the CFO from this Snowflake IPO, uh, not just the CEO. Usually you don't get that kind of a duo, both becoming billionaires on day one.
3: Well, uh, Frank's the, uh, already, you know, Frank's flotation. made a ton of money. He took service now at where it has yeah. to go. He, he's a remarkable uh, man. Right. I, I think people don't know him. They should Google things he's written and understand that you make a bargain with him. You go to work for him and you become a multimillionaire. Uh, I always love the. he's a guy who has a cot in his room. I mean, I remember when he retired, he came on my show to his retirement. And he basically said, look, I took it to where it has to go. On to the next. Uh, and, and he's great. joy, Of course, Mark Benioff, big investor in the company. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway, big investor. It's interesting. It's going to be the next big thing that we're going to be talking about. Uh, Now, if you go to try to understand it, everything is very, very difficult to understand Snowflake because it takes about 45 minutes per thing that they have on their website. And the chatbot is really not that helpful. I'm Sorry, Frank, unless you're a customer, which is probably what you care about. But this is the one that people, not Palantir. There's way too much discussion in Palantir, not, way, not a, nearly enough, about Snowflake, uh, a cloud-based company that, once again, this is what everyone's going to the cloud. And uh, Frank's figured it out again. Boy, I like him.
2: All right. At some point, you're going to have to explain to me what Snowflake does uh, then. Uh, we'll, we'll reserve that for another time, I guess, okay. Jim, hey, look, given David, it may take a while.
3: David, biotech um, is rousing. It's rousing from its slumber. Look at that. You know, biotech, David, stands much more for antibody with the you know, than, than um, cure vaccine. we stop stopped talking we'll take about it. biotech. We'll it's take amazing. a
2: monoclonal antibody. We should be still talking about antivirals. We still should be talking about the monoclonal antibodies, particularly given the varying uh, estimates of when we really can hope to get a safe and effective vaccine into as many hands as possible or into as many arms as possible. Yeah. Otherwise, and you just want to be get talking it last. about them.
3: Right. You want to get it last because yeah. that's, you know, uh, it is funny that it is so hard to, for, to get everyone to enroll. And right now, Len Schleifer is doing his absolute best to get everyone who is sick or knows someone who's sick in the Regeneron trial. Uh, and I think that is such an important thing. But it is monoclonal antibody. Uh, you look, if you know someone who's gotten it, uh, this is the one to go to. Uh, and there's, it's lost in the shuffle, David. There's so many. And they it need a lot of be. arms.
2: And again, I'll, I'll come back to Merck as well, you know, and Ken Frazier and what they're doing there and, Roger, and Perlmutter and, and, you know, with their antiviral, they're in expanding phase two, they're, they're in phase three and rolling. I mean, these things are moving ahead and they may end up being as, if not more important in some ways than the vaccine. I think they're going to be uh, again, much more Again, just important. to reiterate. There'd if you have an oral antiviral that's available when you get sick, first of all, you will be sick. So you will be inclined to take it as opposed to a vaccine that some people may have some resistance to. We hope not. Um, and so these are going to be very important. And it does deserve us continuing to pay close attention, Jim. Yeah, I hope uh, that they get us. updates. In fact, you know I'd I'm like close. to get more of an update on, on the Merck effort. Yeah. yeah,
3: I do think that the no. market will fade here again because the people who uh, bought at the Bell are, are flipping and, and then you take a hard look at it. I, Uh, Remember, September is a very tough month. Uh, A lot of it is election-oriented. You know, hate him or like him, Trump is out there saying good things about the economy and the market. Uh, And and, uh, Vice President Biden really doesn't address it other than uh, more taxes. Uh, We have an audience, obviously, that's very geared toward making money in the market. So uh, it it could be that the vice president's an an anathema. At the same time, I think there are a lot of us who are concerned that somebody's got to pay. We we just spent a lot of money.
2: We've spent a lot of money, and we have a widening, uh, continued widening gap between uh, the wealthy and not. In fact, the pandemic seems seems to only exacerbated that, unfortunately. Well, Uh, I felt that last night when um,
3: I I, Restoration Hardware now RH uh, Gary Friedman with numbers that were just extraordinary. Stocks up 80 uh, percent. His stuff is not inexpensive, and it's for second home. And it's the turn of someone who moves from the urban to the suburban, who's uh, typically very wealthy, to be able to redo their place. And I think that Restoration Hardware, or now RH, is very much a tell of what is going on in this country, which is a rich, richer. Uh, We're not, you know, I'm not Lenin, although sometimes Uh, I do look like him, but it's important to note
2: you do. Yeah, well, listen, your point is well taken, and it's one we've been talking about, and it's only gotten worse, and it may be a reflective of our politics these days, which don't seem to be much about unity in any way. Jim, you mentioned the financials. They're sort of an already turnaround. You know, it is interesting to look at a Wells Fargo, $98 billion market cap. I think they have 266,000 employees. PayPal's market cap is what? Oh, man, 200-and-something billion, Yes. 23,000 employees. Kind of speaks to what we're talking about, doesn't it, in terms Ye- of just digital? $223 yeah. billion is the I mean, market It, cap it
3: does seem that they got to build the culture up. Uh, I Look, Charlie Scharf, uh, it, it can be a miracle worker. He's the CEO of Wells Fargo. But miracles must occur. Uh, the UBS raises it to neutral. Uh, uh, but, you know, David, it's not great. It's not great.
2: Uh, Jim, I want to go to the Pentagon now, of course, as we pointed out, as people know, 19 years since the 9-11 attacks on our country, including, of course, at 9.37 a.m. that morning when Flight uh, uh, American Airlines flight number 77 uh, hit the Pentagon.
0: Present ARMS. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's observance. Thank you for joining us this morning. Always
2: a difficult day, uh, of course. And, you know, we recognize some of these transitions can be somewhat uh, uh, jarring as well uh, as we watch the Pentagon there and remember uh, those uh, at the building and, and of course, on that flight. Uh, Jim, we are going to get back now to talking stocks. You know, a few things that we've been following here as well, uh, of course, uh, over the last few days, the fight over Tiffany, which has gotten... Very ugly, very quickly, although it was brewing under the surface for quite some time. Not that much new. We saw the news yesterday. LVMH also going to file a lawsuit uh, in Delaware. Uh, Tiffany is seeking an expedited expedited ruling so they can get moving on a trial very quickly. But so much of it will come down to that letter from the French government, whether or not it's an actual order. Is it a real order uh, or is it simply a request? You know, it has to be an actual order if it's going to be anything. It must be final, binding, a non-appealable order, and then they're out. They're out of the merger agreement. Uh, barring that, it could be very interesting to see if this thing actually does get to a trial, and whether Bernard Arnault would actually take the stand and what discovery we'll find. But uh, certainly no shortage of drama there, uh, Jim. Is I know you've been focused on the underlying business and sure. certainly have questions about its sustainability.
3: Well, uh, Gary Friedman, the CEO of RH, was talking about uh, about Elv uh, and. LVMH and how brilliant they are or no, how brilliant he is and how much money you should be making if you're in luxury, which does call into question, uh, is Tiffany too regional to New York? How is Tiffany not exploited its brand? Why aren't they making more money? And that's what I thought LVMH would be able to do. And uh, it is uh, it, if we just focus on Tiffany for a moment, we have to ask, what are they doing wrong? Because, boy, the one area that has really held up is luxury spending. And they should be making more money, David. They're just not.
2: Well, it is coming back, and they are going to be profitable in the current quarter. I think they've said that, of course. And they are going to show decent year over year even, I think, Jim, uh, to their defense. That said, they're in malls, as you pointed out. Not not a good place to be. Not a good place to be. No, And yet they still Uh, have a great brand. And the guys at LVMH are, yeah, they have a great brand. And, man, are they ticked off about them paying the dividend, but they were allowed to pay the dividend. That was in the merger. They were allowed to do that. That was part of the merger consideration in a way. But, man, it really seems to have well, gotten David, over there. Uh, Tiffany,
3: over there. Uh, how about Simon Properties?
2: Yeah, what about it?
3: Well, the Talman. where I there? Mean.
2: Yeah, that's where I think we're going to, right, we're in Michigan there in court. Yeah, I think we'll be there in November, I believe it is. Sometimes I forget the dates, but yeah, Sim- Simon so Properties- we we'll Simon I mean, not isn't... a strong lawsuit, not a strong no. lawsuit at all. My God, facts. people make fun of that complaint all the time. But but you never know when you get to court. The worst thing that can happen is they actually have to buy Taubman.
3: You know what, David? It's funny. Uh, Royal Caribbean, uh, you, you get uh, Royal Caribbean. You get uh, Norwegian. Uh, you get Carnival. And you get Simon. This is a package of... Uh, uh, of Robin Hood traders. Uh, Simon Properties trades very, very, very early every single morning. And it's almost as if the uh, younger investors have said, this is the, uh, this is, this is the bell cow uh, for this market, which is Simon Properties. And I think it's so funny because Mr. Simon, is, he's really not of the Robin Hood ilk.
2: No, he is not. He is not. He's an ordinary fellow sometimes. Ornery? Um,
3: I was... So on
2: ornery? Yeah. What Yeah. What were you, you going to go with? Mean. Me. <laughs> yeah, that, maybe that, too. Oh, have sat next. I'm very perfectly pleasant. No, thirty three billion. Left. I
3: mean, I, mean um, I said, how are you doing? He goes, thirty three billion. I was like, thirty three billion. I said, I'm saying hi, because that's how much we've given. That's how much the distribute you. I said, well, I just wanted to meet you. He goes, thirty three billion. Put my hand out, you know, that was, um, pre, by the way, pre pandemic. I used to do this thing. David, it's wild. I would take my hand. Oh right. yeah, you reach right. out and someone would shake it and give me every single yeah. oh, illness they have. We've learned better. Don't,
2: don't even talk about it. Yeah. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Um, Jim on uh, on M and A did want to quickly hit Navistar, which we'll keep an eye on. Remember this, trait and they'd wanted to buy what they didn't already own. They own about sixteen percent. You also have Icon and Rzeszke owning sixteen each as well. Uh, they did make this has been reported, but I can confirm a forty-three dollar offer. I'm told by people close to Navistar. Listen, it's 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 not going to do it, but it's a starting point and it's a live matter. And maybe they get there over the next month or so uh, is the hope. You know, those who are holding out for 50, right. uh, I don't know. But uh, again, they are at least are confirming 43 and saying uh, it's a starting point.
3: That's well, kind of what they're talking about. Hey, there's a phenomenal Why? bull market in things like truck engines. Yeah. I mean, people don't talk about it because it's so boring. Look at Cummins. Look at look at this Cummins stock. It, it, okay, so it's up 16%. It's not going to be Zscaler, but it's a, it's a real company, 19 times earnings. What a fantastic company. Caterpillar, no one even knows why it's going up. Well, wait a second. We just had positive rail traffic. Intermodal is so strong, David. Intermodal. Hey, by the way, FedEx just went up 60 points. Does anybody care? How about United Parcel going up 40 points? Does anybody care? There is a bull market. In trucks and there in is. transport and you know they're, a lot of it is because of, of dot com.
2: No, you're right. And there's some underlying strength. I mean we, yes. I had David Berman on, who you know from Durban talking about 9.2, 9.6% year-over-year sales growth and those detailed numbers he goes through. Now most of it is going, as you know, the bigger are only getting the biggest are getting yes. even bigger. And those, you know, the department stores, mall bases we
3: know, not doing well. No. But the numbers, Jim, are going up. And rather high, uh, rather dramatically. Yeah. Look, I, I think that people who think the whole thing's a bubble, I urge them to look at at, at a stock like at, like Deer. I mean, Deer's got great orders. Okay, so it sells at twenty two times earnings. Maybe that's expensive, but at two hundred thirteen dollars, stocks up twenty three percent. What's the matter with owning Deer? Does everything everything have to be CrowdStrike? Does everything have to be Ring Central? I mean, David, you can make money and not be in Ring Central. <laughs>
2: Okay, if you say so, I believe you. Uh, um, Jim, really quickly, I did want to follow up on a story that I gave some time to last week. Remember, uh, Altice USA and Rogers Communications making this unsolicited bid for this Canadian company, family-controlled. Kojiko, would end up uh, with uh, Altice USA owning, what, 1.2 or so million subs here in the U.S.? You know, the Audit family, which controls it, came out and said, our shares are not for sale. And let me be clear... Our refusal is not a negotiating position. It is definitive. So what are they going to do? I just wanted to come back to this very briefly because uh, it was, of course, something we asked uh, Dexter Goya, the CEO of Altice USA, about. Um, Unclear. Rogers is a large owner here. They do seem very frustrated. And I continue to hear it's not over, but I'm not quite sure what the next move may be. I just wanted to mention that, Jim, because... We didn't really do a follow on what was this rare, strange, unsolicited offer for a company that was family controlled with the votes. And the family said, not interested. Go away.
3: Well, I'm glad you brought it up um, because this is part of the stay at home. One of the things that has quite unnerved me, and I don't want to be like the late uh, Don Imus here, but uh, I had someone wait a full day for TV to get the dish full day. And they gave me, you know, different time, three different time slots and they never showed. And then right. they confessed to me that I can't get the dish until October. Uh, which uh, they said the last day of September or October. Uh, this is what people want because they want football. And I have not mm-hmm. seen the numbers yet, David, from last night. But you stay at home. You want the dish. The dish is so poorly run yeah. at DirecTV. I mean, I, what, I mean I, they are... I'm sure they'll reach out to me today. Don't bother. Call my mother. 835918. Well,
2: DirecTV, yeah, we'll see what happens in terms of DirecTV and whether or not it has a different owner or is at least in some fashion not owned by AT&T any longer, even perhaps we get an announcement by by the end of the year. By the way, Altice Europe, don't forget Patrick Drahi making a bid to acquire what he doesn't already own, wants to take it private, very frustrated with the market values. Uh, for Altice's Europe. Altice Europe, remember Drahi, he controls that. He also controls Altice USA, but they're separate companies. All right, let's get to uh, Rick Santelli now, check in on, uh, on the uh, fixed income markets, Rick, which we haven't
1: had a chance to really talk about this morning. Hi, David. Yes, good morning. Well, we had that CPI, and it definitely was hotter than expected. As a matter of fact, if you look at some of the components within, for example, Core CPI, up 1.7% year over year, Uh, These are big numbers. And if you just look at the various aspects that propelled core numbers up, both headline and year over year, one of the biggies was used cars and trucks up the most in more than 50 years. And if you called it and you had the right position looking for yields to move higher, you didn't make any money. Let's look at an intraday of 10-year notes. The minute the data came out, the yields basically nosedived. And my guess is that much of that were traders positioning for some hotter than expected CPI data. Uh, There has been a spat of higher inflation data and a lot of stories written about how we may see some higher inflation data down the road. But it has not been a profitable trade. As a matter of fact, let's look at a longer-term 10-year note chart. Let's start out first in August and notice that the yield, the all-time low yield in early August was 50 basis points. Now let's zoom it out a little bit more to June and see what the recent high has been on a closing basis. It was 90 basis points. The midpoint there is 70. And this is the point. 70 basis points has been a stopper. Every time we get a little bit above it, yields seem to always break back down to the downside prices rally. And that is something we want to pay close attention to. Finally, the dollar index. Here's one week of the dollar. And on the week, it's actually up a half a cent. It's holding from some of its trade under 92, which was a rarity. But it's still down on the day. And in the grand scheme of things, it's still down about 9% from its highs in early March. David, Jim, back to you, and have a safe and good week.
2: Thank you, uh, Rick Santelli. Um, with the bond report, of course, uh, markets are, uh, are up. And by the way, we're 49 minutes into this show, and we haven't mentioned Apple or Tesla. Both of them are higher after rough weeks. We're back right to this.
3: TikTok is moving
1: along. We'll see what happens. It'll either be closed up or they'll sell it. Uh, so we'll either close up TikTok in this country for security reasons or it'll be sold.
4: That the I'm not extending the deadlines now. It's September
3: 15th. There'll be no extension of the TikTok deadline. TikTok,
2: man, it is uh, it is uh, coming close now, Jim, in terms of when that deadline is. You can look at a calendar to know that. The degree of difficulty, you know in the Olympics how there are certain things in right. gymnastics and other degree of difficulty ba- and your, your your score is based on that. Man, the degree of difficulty getting this deal done, I mean, between the Chinese and the potentially export restrictions on AI from that country and what's going on here in this country and how you'd have to take the code in, take a snapshot of it, have a year of updates, but it's not clear you can get it, then what do you do and what's the value? I, not an easy thing, not the, an easy thing at no. all. No,
3: and everyone was trying to get Safra Katz and uh, Larry Elson. Obviously, the undercurrent of the whole Oracle yes. call was, is Oracle going to be involved? Uh, this has become a bit of a farce. Uh, uh, Microsoft, of course, has the ability, they've got the code writers, but uh, this uh, fire, fire sale of this asset, just because it's out of spite, basically, uh, is, making, is, is causing a lot of, uh, of rumblings. Walmart really wants this, David.
2: I know, but Jim, you know, if this thing goes away on the fifteenth, there are going to be a lot of teenage girls and a lot of other people who are, who are going to be very uh, upset. I don't know what platform they'll go to. They may have to read that's books. That's not an insignificant thing.
3: They may have to. They may have, to, um, they may have no. to read books, David. This is a crisis.
0: Nobody's. Nobody,
3: Maybe like, I don't know. I mean, agreed. Tolstoy. Who's going to help them? Hemingway. I don't
2: know what world you're living in. Tolstoy. Does he have a website? Does he have a? Does he have an app? Tolstoy? Uh, he, he's a video.
3: He's I need Spotify. He's a, a podcast.
2: He's Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. Quick commercial break. Stay, stay with us. We really got to go, says our producer, Chip. But we're coming right back. Let's take a look at the week's best performers thus far. You can see Oracle right up there, given the move today after earnings, along with Tapestry, Ologic, Align Technology, and BioRad Labs.
3: Time for stop trading. Ring Central. This is a metaphor, of course. This does uh, work at home, uh, play it on whatever the whole deal. But David, they raised last night. You, you, I love this because I know that you like the fixed income market. They raised six hundred million dollars, offering a zero mm-hmm. coupon convertible senior note due two thousand twenty-six. David, if you want to know bubble, okay, it's that kind of offering, and I will exceed, I will accept that that is a bubbleishus offer.
2: Maybe it had a low conversion
3: premium. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I didn't see know, it. Up 52% yeah. conversion premium. David, who buys that? Ah. Other than someone who wants to get short ring central and have protection. Yeah. I mean, oh my, can you borrow money cheaply if you've got the, if you've got the mojo? That's a technical term, mojo, protection. You got sure. the mojo. Got mojo. Uh, understood.
2: What do you got on the uh, big mojo mad money tonight? It's going
3: to be a game plan, for the game, but we're going to go deep into Nikola. Both sides, all right? It is a two sided argument, a short seller who admits he's short Hindenburg, which, of course, was a, 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 a not great Still example advised. of the of a Zeppelin. Yeah, didn't you know? work out. And yeah, it didn't work. Oh, good point. Uh, and and uh, we've got, um, you know, we'll take the other side, too. We'll discuss just, just, uh, Milton and you know, how much fun he is. Uh, and maybe we end up maybe we end up at Allenhurst. I don't know. That's all right.
2: That's going to be really interesting and controversial. Um Jim, have a great weekend. You too, buddy. I hope your son going off well. So far, so good. Ah, oh, that's so far, that's so, so good. good. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Jim. Jim Kramer. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
1: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need.